On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to episode 10 of the Career Musician Podcast by Nomad. I am your host, and today I am speaking with Jason Moss, music business mogul, composer, producer, songwriter, guitarist, extraordinaire, and all-around good dude. Originally hailing from New Jersey, it was out on the East Coast that Jason cut his teeth learning how to shred on guitar, compose, produce, write, and even did a stint at Sam Mash selling what else but guitars. Eventually, he made his way to Tempe, Arizona for the burgeoning music scene there, where he fully immersed himself in commercial multimedia music production. He was also the music director for a local TV network. As if that weren't enough, Jason had his sights set all the way out west to the left coast where he came to make Magic Hour, his first solo record, hiring A-list LA session cats and a producer. He did just that. Now, as the owner and CEO of Supersonic Noise, a boutique library company here in Los Angeles, he licenses thousands of music cues on a daily basis. Additionally, he's a co-founder of Bulletproof Bear, a music licensing company that also does music supervision, various production and consulting work, and has its own record label division. The bottom line, Jason Moss is no slacker. Just take a listen and see how he has maximized his full potential as a career musician. We are here once again at Nomad's Place, the official brick and mortar location <laughs> in sunny Burbank, California. And I am here with my good friend, an amazing freaking musicoid business guy, guitar guy, creative guy, composer guy, publishing guy, music supervisor guy, Woo. Jason Moss, a.k.a. J-Mo. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody, you're going to have to post some photos. Yes. On your, Because this place is... Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. You are from? Uh, grew up in New Jersey, Bergen County, when I was 13, to Caracas, Venezuela, for almost four years. I forgot about that. That's yeah. cool. Then back to Jersey for a year, then up to state New York for a year, then back to Jersey for college, then Phoenix, Arizona, then now LA. Come on. Give me some, bro. Another yeah. fellow nomad. That's the whole yeah. the premise behind yeah, this that's concept. Interesting. Because we're all nomads. Music people and artistic people in general we are all nomadic by nature. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, well, you know, it was like uh, uh, after I got out of school and, you know, I was still had long hair and I still had hair, period. <laughs> and I was selling guitars at Sam Ash, you know, nice. and you're like, I'm trying to break into the commercial industry in New York doing jingles and singing and stuff like trying to still be a rock star. You're like maybe I should get out of New York and be a big fish in a small pond. The whole scene was blowing up in Phoenix and in Tempe. Um, and I was, they, he's like, hey, I went to school there. Let's move over there. And we're like, should we go there or Nashville? Like, Nashville's too crowded. Let's go to Phoenix. And so I went there for almost four years. 
how did that work? So you're the big fish in a smaller pond, and what line of, of uh, music industry did you find yourself in? How did you immerse? Uh, well, I was still trying to be a, so a songwriter, do albums, get a record deal. That whole thing was still big. Uh, as an artist. Yeah, as an artist. But I was in New York, I was you know, interning and working for some music houses. So, of course, the TV commercial thing was still in my mind, and I still wanted to do... I was fascinated with TV commercials. I just like mm. loved TV. To me, I didn't think about film. I didn't think about TV writing I, I, or production music. I didn't even know what production music was at that time. I just wanted to be a TV composer for TV commercials. Wow. I wanted to write Snickers commercials and freaking tampon commercials. I don't give a shit. I just wanted to write commercials. In New York, I was doing some jingle singing and some demoing. But when I moved to Phoenix, I ended up actually starting to work for a music educational network. So it was like Sesame Street meets the Discovery Channel. EMG, Educational Management Group, and it became Planet Think. It was owned by Simon & Schuster. So we were doing um, educational programming beamed directly into schools, live shows, uh, wow. live curriculum. And uh, I actually got hired to surf the web for porn sites so they can block the porn sites in 96 before really internet was just blowing up okay. and all these shit was popping up all over the internet and yeah. they said so we want you to basically build html pages so we can make sure we can block them then i start i saw opportunity and so i was like hey you you're writing some song you need some songs for children's programming i could write song children's songs i could write kids songs sure uh, then, you know, they needed documentary underscore. Then they needed, they just started needing a whole bunch of things. And I started putting myself in the middle of that. At the same time, doing commercials in Phoenix for like the casinos. And nice. I, I got a mentor. At, at the end of the day, when uh, three or four years after, I ended up becoming the music director for this. The network ended up selling again to uh, Pearson. And, you know, I really cut my teeth, learned a lot in Phoenix and all these different ways. And so already you, you go to this smaller town and, and already you're, you're finding yourself with a multitude of, of job titles. Yeah, say. actually, yeah, yeah, I was doing a lot for that. I was producing programming. I was on air talent. I was doing music shows. I was, you know, I was setting out FedExes. I mean, I was like, I was like, you know, I had like 20 jobs for them. Once again, as musicians, that is, I think that goes with the territory where we just have to do so much on a daily basis. Slices of your pie. You got to have a lot of slices of pie. There you go. You know, you to go. this day, you have slices of pie. I have slices of pie. Right. You know, maybe we've refined our, our skill set a little bit, but diversity, you know, to me is, a, is an asset, not necessarily a hindrance. I always say it, diversity is key to success and longevity in this business. Perhaps a lot of us start out playing one particular instrument, or several for that matter, not even knowing all of the other facets of the creative aspects that we're capable of. Take stock and see how you can diversify in your own career. So expound on that because uh, you know the old saying, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. I think that whole paradigm is being turned on its head now, especially with the information age that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say, for instance, as, as, a, as a music guy that we are, oh, I need a website. Well, now, I, we, I used to contract people out to build my websites. Mm -hmm. Now you can literally do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And as much as I don't like spending the time to do it, the reality is if you go spend 20 grand on a website, 
by contracting it out, that's kind of silly because you could right. do it on your own, right? Absolutely. So, so how do you feel about that? that again, this paradigm shift, and do you concur? You know, and, and how do you? Second part of the question is how do you devise your schedule? I try and do as much as I can myself. Musically speaking, I, I'm a guitar-centric player. I, I like uh, writing other kinds of music. I, I would say I do stuff pretty well. I always thought philosophically, surround uh, yourself with more talented and better people than yourself. Amen. You okay. know, play tennis with a better tennis player, you become a better tennis player. Um, I, I don't have an ego about, I want to learn from smart people. I want to surround myself with with smarter people, you know, more talented people and I'll put in what I can and interject a little bit of what I know and hopefully it'll come out better than if I just did it myself. Possibly. So the collaborative effort is still, because I believe the same thing, it still brings about a really good result. I mean, yeah. You know, again, especially people who are more talented in certain areas. Yeah. I mean, I like playing with keyboard players and people that may be more orchestral or jazz. They have a different headspace than guitar players or even guitar players that are um, like you. You come from a slightly different sort of guitar centric, you know. Uh, background, you're di- really diverse in all these different Latin American styles and right. instruments. I mean, I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm a Ramones three chord punk right. kid. You know, I'm not an educated, uh, schooled um, composer, read and write music. Okay. I'm an ear kid. You right. Know? Right. Um, so if I wrote with you, though, because of your diversity and your experience, we'll still come up with something really unique and cool. But if I was to play with another punk, it's not going to be the kind of diversity and depth possibly. Right. That, right. you know, I could if I kind of uh, expand my horizons with other people musically. Sure. If no. that makes any that sense. That makes perfect sense. Uh, the second part is uh, throughout your daily routine, do you set aside time each day to do certain tasks or do you set aside certain days of the week? For instance, I know you're mm-hmm. big in publishing and you probably have to look at a lot of cue sheets. You have to do a lot of administrative work. Yeah. Is there, do you say, oh, every Tuesday I just sit in front of my no, computer and I've do I've never admin. been that guy. I've been just, I'll just do, I'm, I'm also not a procrastinator. Okay, so if I can good. get it done, I'll get it done at that moment. Excellent. And, you know, my thought is, is uh, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus. And let me get as much shit as I can done. So maybe I'll be done with my day by three or four or five o'clock and then I can go fuck off. You, you know? can go oh, ride said, the bike, go get some whiskey. No, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, as I've gotten older, I mean, I still love making music and yeah. I still want to make music, but I love just, you know, uh, you know, my 20s and 30s <laughs> were really, really super, just ridiculously focused. Okay. And ridiculously, like just like a freaking arrow. Yeah. And and I I still feel that and want that, but I also like balance. So I feel like the balance feeds my creativity and my passion for for you know being in in the music business because so many things have changed right. about our business, the record labels, the licensing, yes. just the dollars and cents of it. People aren't paying and valuing music like they used to. So we have to work a little hard, a lot harder to make the same buck in 2018 where, man, when I was doing TV commercials, I mean, I'll still do TV commercials now, but when I was doing TV commercials constantly, uh, you know, they were union jobs and the budgets mm. were twice as big and it just was different. You're listening to the Career Musician Podcast by Nomad. You've heard me say it before, I'll say it again. This is a business, ladies and gentlemen. You have to take the time to map out your daily routine. You have to find balance amidst all the daily chores and tasks that we must perform as career musicians.
reinvention. You know, like we said, the industry has changed so much. These are some of your principles and methods you've been talking about this past few minutes. How, what does that mean to you? Because that's obviously what you're talking about. You had to kind of reinvent your process or some things that you were doing or, or, or even how you perceive it. I really haven't tried to reinvent myself or ever attempted to reinvent myself. I feel like I've tried to educate myself. I think I've tried to be a smarter business person uh, in a music industry that is very confusing because it's intellectual property there's, there's royalties, there's publishing, there's writers, shares, there's PROs, there's, work, there's upfront monies, there's things that are asked for gratis, and there's so many different avenues. So for me, I want to educate myself and have a sense of, uh, of pride and respect for what I do and feel like it's worth getting paid for because I've put the time and effort into become slightly knowledgeable in this area. You know, right. I, there are... I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an expert. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of baller uh, music executives and music people. And, you know, uh, and you hear some of these stories and they're mind blowing and they're inspirational. And these are the guys that I'm learning from. You know, I'm, right. I'm still younger than them. So sure. they've paved the road, you know, um, listening more than speaking, which is always a struggle. Uh, no ego. Um, I work on that all the time because ego just fucks things up. You know, doesn't it though? It does, it's and it's and it's hard. It's hard to not get in a room and want to talk about yourself. And now everybody with social media, there's a fine line of doing that. There's an authentic way, and then there's a braggadocious bullshit way. Oh, my um, my tagline is always social media. The question is bragging or branding. That's always that's yeah. how I pose it. Yeah, I, I don't There's really... a fine line. Yeah, I, I post a lot of my photos, my possible work that I do with my companies, but I don't really necessarily post... I don't post photos of me or my wife or talk about Same. me yeah. as, like, what I'm doing and what I'm yeah. eating and where I'm taking a dump. I don't... You know <laughs> what I mean? What I like about your, your social media streams is they're usually artistic in nature. You're, you're a very visual guy, and I love... You're always posting some abstract uh, visual piece that you might have found a mural or maybe a sculpture, I love that about you. you, or something mechanical, you might, you know, post part of a motorcycle that looks really interesting. Yeah, I like know. fucking with my photos. I love that. Yours literally is like a little plateau of relief. You're like, oh, well, that's nice. Thanks for sharing, Jay. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we're, cool. we're being shot at yeah. from all directions. Yeah. With everybody saying, look at me, look at me, look at this, look at what this, check this out. But yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, it becomes overloaded. I don't think really anybody, even if you like me, I don't think anybody really cares about what I'm doing in that kind of way. I think yeah. maybe, you know, th- my photography is uh, uh, an expression and I maybe it gives somebody a, oh, that's cool or yes. that's beautiful or that's ugly. Um, cause I think ugly is beautiful. I think scars are sexy, That's right. you know, um, I like that. So, you know, I, that's the name of a band. That could be. <laughs> let's, let's get a let's band together. Let's do it. But, um, sexy I, I feel like, yeah, I just, I want to just try and educate myself. I mean, I, I've, I've always had, um, you know, I've always tried to be a composer, write music for TV and film and advertising so I've always been about that I've been a songwriter I am a songwriter right. my songwriting and my singing is like my artistic you know uh, center and then everything stems from that because you know I'm not trying to necessarily um, be a hit songwriter but I still want to write songs because it, it to me the craft and art of writing songs it, I feel the closest to being an artist for art's sake not mm-hmm. to try and yeah. sell 
though I'd love to be successful as a songwriter, I, 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 it just, you know, it still gives me a lot of pleasure. Yeah, we just said that at lunch. Like, yeah. We do this because we love it. We have to. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to abandon being an, a songwriter and an artist myself because but I love it. But that fuels you as a composer. Yes. And, and also the diversity in styles. Yes. When you're a songwriter, I kind of in a sort of, you know, I'm, I'm very sort of in a certain area as a songwriter. I'm a, you know, it's like it's folk, it's rock, it's got a little Americana, it's got a little indie. Okay. But as a composer, I could be writing, a, you know, some sort of trap, EDM track, mm-hmm. or I'm writing something like that might have orchestral elements. I just feel like I could be a chameleon as a composer. But whereas a songwriter, I'm not writing, I'm not singing a metal track and then going to sing a country track. It's pretty right. much you know what i do is it's more focused yeah let's talk about the nuances and traits of each genre and subgenre within all of the various forms of multimedia use music for instance a tv commercial ad might sound totally different than underscore for a dramatic series of course a song on an album will sound completely different from those two examples therefore it's important that we understand the variances so your first instrument was a guitar then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like everybody throwing right. a guitar when you're like 10 and, mm-hmm. you know, the piano thing didn't work out when I was right. like, you know, three or whatever the hell that was, you know. Biggest inspiration? Well, probably, you know, musically it was John Denver, Beatles, Bob Dylan, uh, that kind of songwriting with the Americana yeah. really resonated first. But um, I was always a rock, like when I was young, 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 and then got into like Rush was and still is was, you know, the one thing about Rush is like they're they are so cinematic. Mm. And if you think about their music, it is a film score. It is films. It is score. score And and, and it it was like, you know, so, you know, them and Pink Floyd, Mm -hmm. super like, I mean, that music is as good as any film score I've ever heard. But that's when they used to have a thing called a concept album. Right. So the concept album was meant to you sit down, you put your headphones on or you put it on your hi-fi stereo system. Yeah. You listen to the whole damn thing from beginning to end. Yeah. It's a concept. It's an experience. Yeah, that doesn't totally. exist anymore. Not, I not miss like, that. Not like that. I mean, there are some great, like, like, I like, bands, like yeah. Mastodon. I love. You oh know, yeah, Mastodon, great, band. great, great yep. albums. Conceptual. Yep. Um, I, you know, I love metal. I mean, I love, I love every Everything. kind of music. Uh, you know, there's not really one thing that you know. Living in South America, I got exposed to things on on in, in a Latin way, uh, musically speaking, yes. and that influenced me in some way. You know. But uh, as far as like when I was younger, though that type of stuff really kind of was like I couldn't stop listening. You know, I was that kid with the jean jacket, yep. the Black Sabbath, and the freaking you know Zeppelin T-shirts and the boombox. And everything was music, man. I couldn't. St- I still can't stop listening to music. I know. It's crazy. I still love music. What's in your playlist nowadays? Fucking everything. everything. <laughs> now I'm just add. I, I add, you can't keep I adding, add. right? It doesn't matter. I just you know everything from every from hip hop to EDM yeah. to jazz to you know to indie this or I, yeah. I mean I just. But that being said, there's so few things that just really um, stick with me like glue. Like there's very few albums that I'll go back to and just listen over and over and over and over again. Like I kind of like some of the classic stuff, right? You know, like 
uh, I can't even think what I just put in my. I'd have to look, but it's yeah. like you know, I listen to it once or twice, and it's cool. And, I, and then you move on. But there's very but few fix. things that I just become addicted to that just blow my fucking mind. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I w- you know, wish it would happen more. I agree. I agree, man. Sometimes when I want inspiration, I go way back. Like I'll go back to composers like uh, Nikolai Paganini, the violinist uh-huh. the composer. When you hear that kind of prowess, mm-hmm. sometimes um, so it might be uh, performed by somebody like Itzhak Perlman, you right. know, famed violinist. Yeah, I love, you know? I love it. So, or, or you, Gladimir Horowitz, the piano player, so you hear right. some play some Chopin, you're like, oh my gosh. This is decades ago, and music was so amazing decades. back then. You know, yeah. you know, turns of centuries have centuries, passed. Centuries, yeah, you know? yeah, it's crazy. And you think, wow, you know, it's interesting. So I agree with you. We find that in- inspiration in certain little nuggets. Yeah. It's, it's for me, fun. for me now, when I listen to music, I'm listening to production. I'm listening to yeah. what they do, the new sounds, the things that the way reverbs are used the technology is so amazing so advanced isn't it? It, it, it well it's like it's like science fiction yes it's like when yes. i'm sitting at my on my system it's like i'm you know driving the spaceship like i'm yes. riding the like the star trip enterprise man it's like it's yes. a trip and the shit that we're able to do is so otherworldly yes um you know, and, and I still get off writing, you know, music. It's the perfect segue because I know you weren't necessarily a tour guy, no. but on my on my template here, I have my little questions. Yeah, yeah. Tour essentials, but this is good because studio essentials. Yeah. Um, speaking of all this modern technology, uh, when you think of companies like Output, uh-huh. you know, um, or or these these now these collective. Uh, uh, software plug-in companies like mm-hmm. um, what is it Splice and you know the Audio Plugin Alliance and all these companies oh, right, right, right. and they have all these amazing plugins. Yeah. So what are your studio essentials? Whether it be you know uh, computer-based or, or hardware-based, what do you right. need to to get your little thing happening in right. your creative space? Uh, studio essentials. You ready? This yeah. is huge. <laughs> You're <ready>? okay. Laptop. <laughs> okay. Ears, ass, and eyes. A great set of monitors. That's great. A great monitor to look at Ooh. and a great seat to sit on. Yeah. Everything else is bullshit. Now, unless you, ha- I, I got the very desk, the, the, the desk that you can put up and but down. But that, that's and stand a part up. of it, I man. Love it. Yeah. And your space, man. Yeah. Like your space Thank is you. dope. <laughs> it's so, it's just quirky and cool and funky. It's. Yeah. Thank it's you. really good. I'm not blowing smoke. No, no, man. It's, I appreciate it's really, it. You're an East Coaster. You can't blow smoke. It, no, it, it's great. And so to me. It, all the technology doesn't mean shit if you can't write a beautiful melody and just put three or four chords together that are pretty. There you go. So, I, you know, um, I love instruments. I like tactile. I right. like my, my guitars. You know, yes, sure, I'm a Logic guy. Okay. I got, you know, the, the myriad of, of plugins. I need another compressor, right. like a hole in my head. Right. You know, if somebody <laughs> wants to sell me another EQ, I'm going to smack them in the head. You know, but our inboxes are flooded with that you shit. You know, and yeah, yeah. sometimes you know, I, I I just bought a bunch of different libraries um, yeah. because uh, you know something was on sale and sure. and and you know, yeah, it's cool, a different sound here. I also, when I'm starting a queue, sometimes I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where even to begin. Isn't that the truth? You Let's know? talk about that for a minute. So when you find yourself to sit down or stand up, and mm-hmm. and, and you're beginning the process with a blank slate, and you do feel overwhelmed. 
What is your process there? What do you do? Uh, well, I, I try and push through it. I try and listen to other music okay. that might inspire me. If you know, usually in you know TV or film or uh, commercial, there's usually some sort of temp or something that if I'm writing for a specific project and they want something, they have so something. Reference. That, yeah, yeah, and that helps a lot. It helps on a tempo level, an energy level. Um, you know, and so I, I start there usually. And, okay. um, you know, I usually also am the guy that I'll usually start on, um, with my drums and percussion and map th things out. And then I'll take the guitar. And if I have to do something that's actually has some chordal structure to it, I'll work it out on the guitar or the piano. Nice. But, um, you know, usually I st I'm starting my stuff. Rhythm is really important to me. The, the movement of it. And Agreed. and then and then I work around that. That's like the skeleton for me. That's beautiful. So so you never really start from a melodic structure first. It's always rhythmic based. Sometimes I might have stuff on my phone, my iPhone. You know, I'm like one of those guys. Like everybody, it's yeah. like it's an amazing tool. And so I'll be like, let me listen to that and see if there's a melody or something that I could reuse that I already wrote. You know. Right. right. But overall, you know, I just try and uh, if I feel like I'm getting stuck, I just you know. Sometimes just walk away. Right. Go watch a movie. Oh, watch a movie. Go ride your go, like. Go I'll go ride my bike. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and 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 not put that pressure on me. I like starting a, a project um, the day after I get it, and because I like to sleep on it. And then I dream about it, and I think about it, Smart. and then I have all, and then I wake up in the morning super jazzed, You're ready. and I'm like, oh shit, I got to do this, this, and this. Yeah. If I have that time, yeah. sometimes I have to start stuff right away. But yeah, sure. I will be the first to admit it's easy to get overwhelmed as a composer, producer, songwriter, artist, instrumentalist. There's so many variables that go into what we do on a daily basis. Once again, balance is key. Don't be afraid to take multiple breaks and refresh your ears. Subscribe to the Career Musician Podcast on iTunes. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. I was able to really get some some chops and be start to become a professional i had a a kind of mentor composer who, the guy that showed me logic in like 90 it was called e-magic back then it was like 96 97 so i was you know i was doing commercial work i was soliciting outside of this 
production, this television network. Um, and, you know, I was doing some Mexican supermarket commercials, casino commercials. Cool. And I was like, yeah, I need to take it to the next level. I recorded an album as a songwriter. I did it at the Village Recorder. And I came to L.A. I hired high, the like Bob Glob on bass and uh, Nick Finson on drums. Great studio dudes. And my mentor actually took me to L.A. before that for a session at Capitol Studios. He was doing back in the day when he was doing TV commercials. My mentor, um, a guy named Cliff Sardi, all the commercials were done. He did. He do a live band. He get like L.A.'s best studio musicians for commercials in Arizona, like for the lottery. And he took me along and that was inspiring. And then he produced my album. He's a wonderful guy. Beautiful. And um he he just he was he was very unselfish and very giving and you know, teaching me and just his just everything and that's how I want to be like I think I want to empower people to be successful I don't I, there's no trade secrets mm. if people want to work with me they want to work with me because they want to work with me there you go you know I mean if they don't want to work with me they don't want to work with me but I, there's no trade secrets it's a it's really a, a game of people liking you feeling like you can show up feel like you communicate effectively you're not an artist brooding in your corner you know you got to be a you got to be articulate you got to be responsible mm-hmm. you know uh and you got to create effectively quickly um but uh i did that album at the village and i was like oh, man la dude I was like, it was like magic hour. I'm Santa Monica in world class village recorder recording some songs I did. I listen back to them now. They were horrible. (laughs) I'm like, what was anybody thinking? (laughs) Um, And I was like, I got to move to LA. You were infatuated. It was like, this place was everything I always wanted to come to because I love that Laurel Canyon, uh, you know, California country, the Mm -hmm. Eagles. It, It was everything. And I was like, screw it. So in 2000, then I left and I came here. Wow. I just said, you know. That's so. that's an incredible trajectory, it, man. It was, I love it. <laughs> it was, it was kind of nuts. Everybody thought I'm nuts. But I, and cool. that's what happens, again, yeah. with the nomadic, nutty creatures that we are. Yeah. But you said something, uh, two things. So Magic Hour, you know, that's yeah. really cool. A buddy yeah. of mine is working on a film. He's calling it Magic yeah, Hour. Yeah, I've called the track Magic Hour. There's something yeah. special yeah, about that. It's, it's, it's only in California. How else, you, how else do you describe it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Um, but the other thing you, you started touching on were some of the attributes of a, of a really good sound career musician. Mm-hmm. So again, obviously the title of this podcast, The Career Musician, the hashtag that I use, hopefully it'll catch on. I see a couple people using it as well. Um, the whole premise of this podcast mm-hmm. is sharing the knowledge. Because mm-hmm. if you want to work with me, you're going to work with me. It's, I don't need. There's no re- reason for me to guard my little... Uh, uh, chestnuts that I gathered like a squirrel. Right. No, because everybody there's enough chestnuts to go around. Right. We're all going to eat. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. And again, you alluded to that. Mm-hmm. Some of the attributes, you know, being on time, not being a sulky artist, not being yeah. temperamental, easy to get along with, being able to take direction. So talk some yeah. more about that. A professional career musician, whether you're a session cat or a composer or producer, or you know, talk about anything that. Like, yeah, and, and let me preface by saying. I don't know. If I, I've not mastered this. Of course. You know? I don't think any... I'm still work in progress. <laughs> I learn a lot. I have yes. business partners that are really wonderful, smart people, uh, right. successful people. I learn from them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe they learn a little from me. We all got our thing. I could be uh, I could be a curmudgeon-y, you know, East Coast, uh, 
you know, uh, dude, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a yes guy all the time. You know, I, I've struggled to try and find my voice, work on my ego. Um, you know, we, we, I do this for a living. I'm fortunate enough like you. This is how we make our living. So it is frustrating when we're constantly asked to compromise our um, dollars and cents, when there's no money, when people want things for free. Yep. It's a struggle. You have to sort of um, navigate what is a smart business decision to say yes to and no, and to say no to yeah and sometimes you know sometimes i i make a smart decision sometimes i don't you know yeah, i mean you were just um, consulting me over lunch about some things right with this very right. regard uh, yeah um I, I feel like um something i said to you is um you know you could treat your music and your art like your wife or you can treat it like a hooker you know, it's a slight vulgar I description. You could treat it like a hoe yeah. and you can pimp it out oh. to as many people. Ooh. You could retitle your music and get it out there on non-exclusive deals and just mm. do crappy, shitty things to it just for a buck. Mm. Or you can treat your music with love and respect and feel like it deserves to be um, put in, in the light of that, that it, you know, where, where it's, it's respected. It's respected. And, um, you know, that to me is really important. And, and that's how I operate. Um, I try to treat, I treat my music like, you know, it's my wife. That's right. And um, I feel we should get paid on our music. I feel like publishers should get paid for their for for licensing mm -hmm. i feel like um retitling is not a healthy thing for the industry i also feel like if you if you're if, if your goal is money 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 hey that's your thing but that's not my thing you do shit for the money it, uh it's just gonna come and bite you in the at ass at the end of the day that's never a good motive you know right? i do things work? based on my feel for my love, for the project, the people possibly involved. I'll right. do something for free if the people involved in the project's really good. I'd love to do it. It's right. it's about that collaborative effort, that give and take. Um, so I, I just think that that's something that I kind of like decide, hey, is this, uh, you know, I'm still, I still feel like I'm in the beginning of my middle of my career, yeah. but I, I, I guess I am privileged enough to sometimes say no and feel like, look, if they're not going to pay me enough or they're not going to, you know, treat this gig the way I feel it should be treated I'm just not interested in doing it That's it. these are the parameters of when to say no that's one when of the to questions no. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and really that does that, that really helps um, as somebody young coming up in the industry I think this kind of information is really valuable they need to hear this and, and it's okay they're the ones that, that are going to change it yes so, so expound yeah I mean look if you're a young composer or an artist or a songwriter or a rock star EDM a producer whatever it's like look you know you want to get your music on TV you want to get it in a film on an Apple commercial on a uh, you know, you want to, but you gotta like take, you know, just sometimes, you know, if it's not right, you know, if you're compromising your values, you know, I just urge that younger generation to take the pride in their art and not, you know, just give it away uh, and, and, you know, attempt to say, no, uh, you need to pay me if I'm going to write music for your film. And if you're going to write music for free for a feature or for a project, that is um, in that sort of style, like for, let's take a feature film, then you own the rights to it. Mm. Then make sure you educate yourself on licensing, publishing, PROs, ASCAP, CSAC, and BMI. Super important. You gotta have an understanding for these concepts 
or you're ju- you're gonna you know you're gonna get screwed. Well, this okay. This is the the meat and potatoes of your particular interview. I, I feel like you excel in lots of things, but this is one particular area where you know perhaps you really grab the bull by the horns. Break that down, okay? So I I feel like I have a decent understanding of how publishing works and the difference right. between <laughs> publishing royalties and writers' royalties. Let's just start there. Mm-hmm. Let's not even get into all the other concepts. Right. Break that down because it was broken down to me many years ago in a, in a great way with the whole pie and. Yeah. So explain that to everyone. Essentially, when you write music, there you're you're hopefully eventually you join a PRO. What is a PRO? Um, Performing Rights Organization. Right. Okay. So what does that mean? There, there, there are three of them in the United States. Yeah. Each country has their own set of laws. There are different organizations that govern the intellectual property of songs and music. In the United States, there's ASCAP, CSAC. And BMI. And we're talking about IP, intellectual and, property. Well, yeah, IP is, you know, you write a song, you uh, draw a picture, take a, photo- a photograph, write a script, you know, it's uh, intellectual property. Right. And so, you know, you register your songs. You could also register them with the uh, Registry of Copyright um, in, in Washington. But, you you know, there are two sides to a, a piece of music. There's the writer's portion. And you just look at it as a coin. One side is your writer's share. Your other side is your publishing share. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunately, since it's not like something you can grab and tangible like a cup, it's you just got to picture this in your head. Your piece of music has two sides to it. If and the way I explain it, and you know, I'm not an attorney, and uh, and so I have possibly a crude way of articulating it. But if you own your publishing, if you own your your publishing side, then you're basically steering your car in the direction you want it to go. You want it to go left, you ha- you can control that. You want it to go right, you can control that. Um, if you don't own your publishing, that means in some form or fashion, you might have done a work for hire agreement where you got paid maybe a certain amount of money. Sometimes people don't pay you any money um, and you give up your ownership, your copyright to that piece of music, which would be considered the publishing share. Usually you retain 100 percent of your writer share and you should always try and retain 100% of your writer share. There are some instances where maybe if you're ghosting for a composer on a show, you might split the writers 50-50. That to me is legit. Um, you know, but uh, if somebody, if you write a piece of music for a production music catalog and they want to take 50% of your writer share, that's not legit. There, you know, there's all these different kinds well, of deals. And let's so. talk about why yeah. that's not legit, because I've had, I have a quite the extensive. Or I should say that's scummy. Or it's, yeah, there you go. Hey, keep it <laughs> east coast. Yeah. Keep it fucking real. Yeah. No, seriously, and I do believe that people skew the truth sometimes. Look, as Jay just said, you have fifty percent for the publishing side, fifty percent for the writer side. You put those together, equals one hundred percent. Or as BMI does it, it's two hundred percent. Right, right. They, they, I was going to say, yeah, that, right. they, they do one hundred percent writers. Yeah. But it's all difference. the same thing. Now, how do you slice it right. up? But now, when you have a company that says, "Look, we're going to take fifty percent of your writer share," that's not cool because now they're infringing upon your particular IP, your property. Well, to me, that's also just greedy. Yes, and I think that's. Um, I just feel again, you know, there are some instances where there you can split the writer share. Uh, that I, I don't feel it's greedy, especially if you're getting an upfront fee and you're getting on the cue sheet. Yes, and, but there, are, but but I just feel like different industries. Sort of, uh, there's different ethics, in my opinion, and how things should go for how you write advertising music, film music, television music, production music, right. media music. 
right. like you know um, stuff that might not be on broadcast TV, it might be on YouTube or, yeah. or Vimeo, streaming, streaming uh, podcast stuff. So sure. I, you know, and that's just me. I have a, a perspective of how I feel it should be on a fairness level, and what is a, a, a good deal and what is a bad deal. And I feel there's just a lot of companies out there that are not paying for music, taking a larger piece of the pie, not necessarily delivering or over-promising. You know, uh, if people work for my company or work for me as a composer or a catalog, I, in a way, under-promise. I don't want to oversell because to me, I think oversell, overselling is bullshit. You know, because there's no guarantee uh, when things get used or licensed, you know, when it's needed, it's needed. There's no magic button. I, I wish, uh, you know, the amount of diversity that clients are looking for musically. And let me tell you the descriptions of how they describe music. Mm. Each client has, well, we're looking for Latin that's airy um, and minimalistic, but electronic uh, contemporary but 80s style and you're like what the? and then you got to decipher that shit you got to you know? decipher so I, I'm jumping around but no, I love it I love you it you know I, I, I feel like it's just always get somebody in your corner that's an attorney or somebody that knows contracts that helps you spend the money to have stuff looked at Ask people for help. But you just said a magic uh, phrase, spend the money. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't have any money to hire an attorney. Okay. Well, you know what? You do have to do your due diligence. Do some research. Try to find some people that you can talk to. Go to mixers, network. Okay. Eventually, you'll rub elbows with these types of people, so let's, right? So let's talk about that. You got yeah. you got BMI, yeah. ASCAP, CSAC. Thank you. A, a, a good resource. For production music, there's the Production Music Association, the PMA. Yeah. Okay, they do a conference every year in Los Angeles. In the fall. That, that's in the fall, production music conference. I don't know the specific dates. Yep. It's somewhere online. Mm-hmm. You have, um, you know, all these different organizations. Let's be real. Sometimes as creative beings, we're real introverted. We don't want to go out and network and meet people. We want to stay in our studio and create. We want to write the next hit song, work on some compositions for a hopeful TV show or a placement. But look, at the end of the day, if you're not networking, chances are you're not working. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell ya, I have small ear canals, Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, (laughs) oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. 
Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Yes, you can make money, but it takes time and it takes a lot of hard work. And you're not going to be a millionaire overnight. Well, the thing is, it's like, look, musicians are you inherently mean? needy people to get their music out there. Yeah. And we become desperate. Yes. And, you know, the record industry has collapsed as far as who's really making a gazillion dollars selling albums because the physical medium is gone. It's all streaming. Spotify and the streamings pay shit mm. on royalties. Mm. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon pay shit on streaming royalties for underscore for TV shows for the composer. Still broadcast royalties are great and can do well. But at the end of the day... But let's do, yeah. explain. So streaming royalties and broadcast royalties. Well, for those who may not understand the difference. Okay, streaming is Netflix. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, online streaming, online right. streaming, watching movies, TV shows. You might get a little bit, but not. Right. it's not like if it's on ABC, CBS, MTV, right. cable channels. Those royalties are far better. And that's broadcast. And that's broadcast. Now, when you break broadcast down, though, uh -huh. there's cable and yeah. there's, there's a network. network. Right. Main, and then, and network. then you know, if your music airs at 8 in the morning, it's a different fee than at 8 at night. If the, right. if the ratings are higher for a show at 8 o'clock on ABC and the ratings are not as high on CBS, you're going to make more money on ABC. I mean, yes. each network has its own deals with the PROs. So variables. There's a lot of variables. The amount of time. Yes. Is it underscore? Is it a theme? Does it have vocals on it? it does. I mean, all these things are another penny here, another five cents there. I, well, I always say it's the penny stocks. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because another five cents here. And a, literally, if, if you scroll through, when I scroll through my statements, and I'm sure... There's millions of people like me. When we scroll through our statements, you literally see item by item by item. $2.36 here. 15 cents yeah. there. 29 cents here. Oh, this queue was on for... It was it, it was on for seven seconds yeah. and it got $12. Yeah. All right. right. You know, they add up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I tell musicians, you can produce income from this. Yeah. Well, the other thing is it's a marathon, not a race. That's right. So, you know, you got to be in the shit for the long haul, the amount of music you have out there and getting it to legitimate, authentic places that represent it, not these uh, online, you know, royalty free sites mm. like, you know, you know, because it's trash for cash. It's cheap shit. That's right. And again, you're treating your music like your wife right, or you treat you it like all. a hooker. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, but it, 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 it's hard because it's not instant gratification. It takes time to build up a library of music. Your music's got to sound like it came off a record. That's right. You know, if you're not a producer and an engineer and know how to mix your shit great, it's not going to get used. You can't just be a great musician nowadays. You have to be a, a full, well-rounded, you know, uh, producer, musician, right. distributor, artist, right. you know, graphic artist. You got to do mm -hmm. it all yourself. You know, you're always doing it all yourself. Everything yeah. that you're doing, I mean, you're all, you know, everything. I called you the other day, you're on a photo shoot. Right. You know, it's just nonstop. So right. if you're getting started in this, 
it's finding companies that really treat you well and respect what you do, hopefully pay you for your music, do fair deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also, uh, you can't expect to get it to them and then call them in a month and be like, where's my royalties? Mm-hmm. It takes a year, it takes two years, it takes three years for things to get into the system, get out, get into the shows, have music supervisors or editors pick your music, get on the cue sheet. Once it gets on the cue sheet, it's another eight months until it comes into the you know into your pocket. Break that down. What does that mean when you say get it on a cue sheet? So when you're on TV shows or films, you know every time, every scene, every time a piece of music is used, it's written down. The tedious job, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of it's automatically spit right, out from right. your avid, the avids, and it's like the avids you know, are the editing, the editing stuff. Where the guys edit, the so edit. you know, it's like you know, it, two seconds that track aired from two seconds to twenty seconds of this time frame. This is the name of the composer, the publishing company, right. underscore Q, uh, all the pertinent information that is needed, and it's in sequential order as the running time of the show. And then that is submitted to the PROs, and then they digest that. And, and that's you, how they create their statements. They're, 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 pay, they they right? see what to pay you. Right. Uh, but you know, ASCAP does uh, payments based on certain um, analytics and or BMI. You know, it bases things on ratings. Mm-hmm. And every PRO does things a little bit differently. Is, uh, is it a survey? I'm looking for the right word. Mm. I think ASCAP does some stuff based on a survey. Even even to me, some of this shit is like. Um, it, it's like what it's it, 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 it is and you know I, I, I'm fair I think I know somewhat I'm talking about and sometimes it's just it's dumbfounding yeah you know yeah. And, and you can't get straight answers from from the PROs they're yeah. not particularly transparent there um, are resources but it's yeah you have to do your you know and you got to have relationships with them I mean mm-hmm. m- me and my business partners yet we have relationships with the people that work in BMI if there's issues we can call them but sometimes it's hard to get these people on the phone and get a straight answer so but again it's a matter it's a marathon and 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 know that you know i kind of feel like the theory of like last man standing man if you could push through the shit and the hard times and Mm -hmm. you really got talent and you got drive and you got passion and you're you know you're pleasant to be around like if you're on tour if you're miserable to be around you're off that tour right that's right um you're, you're gonna you're gonna last and you're gonna have a career Man, I feel yeah. like you're speaking to me directly. Because <laughs> yeah. as we went to lunch today, I'm sitting here crying to Jay. I'm saying, Jay, I don't know. Am I doing the right thing? Is this right? Did I make this right move? Am I, am I, am I thinking about this in the right manner? And we all need that. Yeah, meanwhile, Michael's toured the world with one of the biggest uh, R&B uh, artists in the history of the world. So, okay, whatever. But but you understand. Yeah. It, it's, 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 and look, we're in the town of you're only as big as your last achievement. And, and, and you know, yeah. you know, that that is yeah. that is uh, somehow you were reminded of that. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, the wild, wild west. Of course, it could be stressful dealing with all the emotions that come along with this business. Rejection and just the scrappling to try to make ends meet sometimes. But listen, hang in there, because remember, it's not a destination. It's a journey. And we must fight on a daily basis to make it to the next frontier of our career. You said the magic word. It all boils down to relationships. Look, you yeah. and I wouldn't be here hanging if we didn't have a relationship. How did that relationship culti- get cultivated? Well, we met at this little music club thing. Yeah. A mutual friend both invited us. Brett Boyette. Love you, Brett. Yeah, hey, he's, Brett. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he's a talented songwriter. Yeah, he's, he's blowing up. Producer, composer, songwriter. Absolutely. Totally blowing up. He's doing great. He invited us both. We go to this hang. You and I talk. 
kindred spirits, you know. Yeah. So a relationship yeah. has been cultivated. Yeah. Perhaps we're going to do some business together with music. I, I hope so. And I, I think so, yeah. right? So, but again, that didn't happen overnight. Number two, perseverance. You just said it. It's the marathon. Yeah, but you right? gotta be. You gotta be. You know, gently pushy. Nicely, nicely. Gently pushy. Uh, you got. You know. You gotta. Nicely uh, persistent. Yeah. How do you? You know. And and I mean. Yeah. You know. To this day, I'm emailing. I'm calling. You know. I'm. I contact showrunners and executive producers. And right. you know, you're reaching out. Hey, we don't need anything right now. We're cool. We got. We got catalogs. We got composer. We got a music supervisor. Okay. Cool. I'll. I'll put them on my calendar to reach out with them in another month to two months mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's still to this day at my age everything that i've been through you know good bad or indifferent i'm still hustling like i always have hustled i love know? that i love that so Man. you know it's 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 still it's still it's still a hustle so i want to hear that process for you because again you have achieved many great things in your career you put it on your calendar to call certain people yeah, so you call, you know, that. well, you know, there's 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 different fantastic uh, file makers and hub spots and all these different online right. programs that help you organize. And I mean, you know, your freaking iPhone, you can put your reminders and you're keeping track of who you call. What was the conversation like? I mean, I'm sure we all do that to a degree. I'm a Google uh, doc. Google doc. docs. We have Google yeah, docs yeah. up the butt. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. great. Yeah, so it's, awesome, yeah. uh, it, it's, you know, and sometimes you're like, you're looking at that person. You're like, oh, do I email them? Oh, I don't want to be a pain in the ass. Well, well, fuck it just hit send just, just be like hey you know i'm touching base you need anything what can i do for you uh you know everybody tries to philosophically say how is the best way to do and strategize your email with even the subject line right you know you could type in specific subject lines into uh, an email uh, a website that tells you if that subject line is a good subject line <laughs> it's not a trip yeah so you could be like yeah. hey what's up and they'll be like, yeah, sucky subject line, that 10% good, <laughs> yeah. you know, or if you say, you know, uh, uh, more specific, yeah, find, so right? yeah. it's always a challenge, yeah. man. And Hustle, persevere, figure it out, be clever, be witty, schmooze, send the damn email, just hit send for crying out loud. I know it's a lot to juggle. It's a lot to figure out. But Jason's right. Sometimes you just got to put it out there and let it be. Let your music and your work speak for itself. Now, some other components of, of the licensing game. Uh, when we say licensing, it's really borrowed from a term uh, like synchronization, uh, sync license or, or sync fee. So break that aspect of it down when you have the sync, the license fee, the sync Organization mm -hmm. fee versus work made for hire. Expound on that a little bit okay. from your experience. So I own a music catalog. I own a company. It's called Bulletproof. I'm partners in a company called Bulletproof Bear. We represent the, oh, about uh, over 40,000 pieces of music, artists, songs, underscore, uh, classical music. I mean, every style of music. My catalog that I created and own and wrote a lot and I have other artists in there other composers it's sure. called Supersonic Noise I was going to ask you you have two you, companies yeah. well Supersonic Noise is an imprint in Bulletproof Bear so Bulletproof Bear is the uh, tree okay. and the branches of the tree are the other little individual catalogs that we represent Great. we represent them around the world we have partners in other countries that um, are, are international sub-publishers and you know we do blanket license deals where, they, where a network or a TV show is going to use our whole catalog, whatever they want, for a fee. Mm -hmm. 
They might pay either for a year, they might pay per episode, they might pay for a series of shows, like uh, just 12 episodes of one show. Um, and then we do individual licensing needle drop, where it's one needle drop, think the dropping needle on a record. Yeah. Um, you know, so where the needle drop is a one-off is 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 like a one-time one licensing fee. Right. Hey, I have a commercial, and uh, I'm looking for a hip hop track. Okay, here, what do you kind of hip hop style, tempo, vibe? Here's 20 hip hop tracks. See if anything works for you. Oh, none of these work for me. Here, I'll send you another 20 or 30 hip hop tracks, and they pick one. Oh, we love that track. Okay, that's what is that? That for is it a national commercial, a regional right. commercial? How many seconds? Blah blah blah. Then we base the fee off that and it's a license they pay us and they're renting the music for the term of their product that agreement of that yeah. agreement if you if you're sharing a sync fee mm-hmm. with a composer or a songwriter then that's one type of deal however if you're doing a work made for hire right that's a different type of deal exactly so, so some some deals uh and we have them in the catalog is um i'm going to pay you x amount of money you're going to write music for me, and I'm going to own the music. That's it. You right. retain your writer share. So you work made for hire. Work, work for, made for hire, work for hire. You'll retain your writer share. You'll always get that royalty. So you write some, some rock tracks for me. I get it on a reality show, and I make, I'm make. i the publisher. You're the writer. It made uh, $200 on uh, it made a hundred dollars on the writer side. It made a hundred dollars on the publishing side. They mirror each other. Right, absolutely. And then I try and get a license in another show, in another show, or maybe a commercial. And hopefully, you get that out, and you always make your money. If it's a sync split deal, then if I made five hundred dollars on that track, I'm giving you two fifty. Right. So then you're splitting That's, that sync fee. That sync fee. And a sync fee is is that license fee. Right. So if I, if that company pays you that licensing fee. And my deal with you is that kind of deal. Well, if I get a $10,000 TV commercial, you know, then I'm going to give you, and, and my deal is a 50-50 split, mm-hmm. I get five grand and you get five grand. Now, with your companies, you uh-huh. do both types of deals? Yeah, with Supersonic, I usually do a work for hire. I pay people to write for me mm-hmm. and and that's how I do it. Uh, some of the other catalogs under Bulletproof Bear do various deals depending on how they're comfortable doing them. So again, you have to be well-versed yeah. in, a, in a wide array of, of deals yeah. and how they work. But let, let me say this, so which we talked about earlier. If, if I give you money uh, for, to, or as a work for hire, you're getting paid right away. Right. If I'm going to do a, a, if I'm going to split the sync fees with you um, and I don't pay you any upfront money, you give me that f- track, but uh, as a gratis for the up, there's no upfront. But the deal on the back end is a sync split, mm-hmm. or um, or we're going to split the license fee. What if I don't get that track licensed? What if it's a a reggae track and I'm not asked for reggae for three or four years? So nobody's seeing any income then. Right. I'm not seeing any income, and you're not. You're not. At least on the right. work for hire, I get to pay the artist upfront something that's pretty decent for their time. They'll retain their writer share. Um, and you know, you could have a little money in your pocket. There is no guarantee that this stuff is going to get licensed. The requests are all over the place. The requests are crazy weird. Right. They're, they're so, they're, it's never as simple as I just need some hip hop <laughs> or I just need some rock or I just need some tension music. There are always so many different, you know, what the client wants. Right, right. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, I want light and airy, not, you know, minimalistic with no drums, but maybe a TikTok and, you know, and it's like, 
you have there's just no way of ever knowing what, what you know or let's say um you know guesstimating what exactly they're going to want because they're always going to come up with something that you never expected mm. you know when i get a simple hey i just need some you know um, one of my clients uh fox sports you know they'll give me a, a request uh hip-hop you know, rock, orchestral, you know, and that's great because I'll simple. just, I'll make playlists for them that are really super, you know, yeah. you know, right on Raw. the money, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's for sports. So, you know, it's got to have some energy to it, right? Blasting the stereotype of musicians. Follow us at the Career Musician Podcast. Get educated, people. Do your due diligence. Just do it. You got this. Trust, believe, focus. And don't buy into the hype. Just stay on your trajectory. Make it happen. You can do it, baby. You can do it. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Work made for hire. Oh, I'm signing away my rights to the song. I'm giving, no, you still retain your writer's portion. Yeah. So you still are going to get writer's royalties from your PRO. You're, again, you're not, you're not steering the car. That's the only difference. Right. You're still going to retain royalties from that, but you are, it, it's a, we, I do exclusive deals, so that means that your music's only with me. That uh, particular cue is only with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't do retitling. And I feel like I have right. to iterate that right. because a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. What do you mean? Everything I write, you own? No. It's only for the songs or yeah. cues that are on that schedule a in that particular contract. Totally, totally. So I, I feel like I have to make that 100% yeah. clear. You clear, know? totally. Yeah. And then, so if if, 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 if Josh mm -hmm. writes 10 cues for you, mm -hmm. there's work made for hire, you pay him his upfront production fee, right? okay? He also retains 100% mm -hmm. of his writer's royalties. Yeah. So I want to make sure that the but I, I understands I, Yeah, that. and I own the music and, and I control the music. Meaning, it doesn't mean right. <laughs> that you own this artist. I, 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 I don't, I never take his writer's portion correct i i because the writers is inherently theirs to get for the rest of their lives josh would no longer control that music he would still always garner the money from it yes. if I, but I, it's my job to get it licensed so if you take used. it to fox sports if you take it to american idol if right. you take it to cbs wherever you take right. it right right and I have those relationships. Josh doesn't. Right. Josh is. There you go. You know, and that's the thing. I've cultivated relationships, other companies. It's like, look, we are, we all are not doing everything. You know, I mean, you're a composer, you're a writer, you're an artist. That doesn't mean that you have 
all those not you know those those relationships i mean you might have some but these companies are cultivate these relationships over tens and twenties of years and whatever and then that's what they do they go out there and they get the stuff placed absolutely one of the biggest challenges is understanding how all of this works the splitting of the royalties of the publishing side the writer's side like jason mentioned go ahead and do some research the pros are there for us Wrapping things up, I, have, I do have two questions. A memorable moment for you in your career that you said, wow, you know what? Number one, I'm grateful. Number two, I couldn't do anything else. This is why I'm doing this. Uh, I Before I, I definitely, I mean, this one, I wrote the uh, theme for a, 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 a advanced auto parts. Oh. Okay, it was, uh, I was freelance composer in LA. Uh, when I moved here, I was, uh, I, I did. I was. I, I ended up working a lot with this one company. They were called Machine Head. They were out of Venice, and uh, I was one of their composers, like a staff composer, doing gazillions of freaking commercials a, a, a week. But before I was with them on a on a full time level, um, I was doing freelance with them, and uh, I got a pitch to write the theme for you know amongst twenty other probably people. Sure. And I wrote the Advance Auto Parts theme. It was a broadcast TV commercial radio spot. Um, and I did so well on that commercial. It was sort of mind freaking blowing. And, um, you know, let's just say I ended up, you know, buying a condo in West Hollywood with the help of what nice. I made. It, it really, and I was young yeah. and it really just was, um, an incredible experience to, to finally make the kind of money that you're just sitting there saying, what do you mean? I could buy any fucking guitar I want to buy, like, <laughs> like you know. And I did. I went out and bought. A, I, was just, okay. I, 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 I bought a freaking badass guitar. Then that's three final questions. We got to <laughs> yeah, add yeah. that in. All right. So it, that was so a magical a moment. moment. Yeah, it was really special. I, I re- love that. I was really thankful to get that opportunity, and then that yeah. started a really wonderful relationship with Machine Head. Um, so, so so explain. I'm, I'm diving off again. Okay. See, you're you're an onion with many layers. <laughs> so so the difference. That's not what my wife says. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, the difference between a staff composer, staff writer, mm-hmm. or a freelance. Mm-hmm. How did your your staff deal work? I always wondered. I used mm-hmm. to work with an agency called Barton Holt. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of commercials and and they would always hire me as a session guitar player. Right. I would come in. A good buddy of mine was the staff composer. Uh, it was inappropriate to ask him, hey, what's your deal? How do you get yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm asking you, know, I'm curious, how does yeah. a staff writer deal work? Well, mine was unique in the sense of, is I, we called it Permalance. So I, they gave me a studio. I would go to Venice every day. I worked out of their studio. It was beautiful. I had some talented co-workers that I still have relationships with to this day. I wrote on, I, I was pushed creatively. I was pushed emotionally, mentally. It was, you know, it, it was an incredible, fantastic experience. I would never trade it mm-hmm. for anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, my deal particularly was uh, they gave me a room and I basically worked on everything and pitched along with the other, uh, you know, quote unquote, Permalance guys. How many uh, Permalance people? There was a uh, one, two, three, three guys plus me. Okay. Um, so yeah, maybe at one point five, and you know there was like a staff engineer. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know we so had executive that person producer. would do your mixes for you. Um, or how did that? No, work? I, we still did most of our own mixes, but okay. they would they would do sometimes they would do our own mixes. But if we recorded like sometimes an accordion or a brass section or something like that, they would do it and send us the files. Gotcha. But we still. You know, each composer still kind of did their own mixing and, and their own stuff like that. Okay. And, um, 
you know, they paid me, uh, I didn't get a salary, I didn't get health insurance, but I, you know, I got demo fees and I got, when I won a job, you know, I got a little bit better of a percentage than if you were a freelance outsider guy. Um, and you know, you just got opportunity to pitch on everything. Like me and these three guys. The inside track. Well, me and the three guys, you know, we were always we were on the calls with the agencies, we were on the briefs, we were you know, when you're a freelance guy in advertising, you're very segregated from what's really going on. Mm. You're treated a lot different. You don't know what the truth is mm. as far as how many people are on the job. Say that again, because it's the same in the music industry, it's, bro. It's, it's a very different being freelance oh. for a music house as opposed to being either permalance or staff or yes. in the inner circle and so yes. i was fortunate enough to because you're privy well and you're also look when you're doing changes and you understand the brief and you speak to the client you have a better sort of chance of nailing it as opposed to the producer telling you what they want to hear from what mm-hmm. they heard or maybe the producer is like let's get a couple of people to do some out of the box fuck the brief uh, kind of right. stabs at it. So yeah. even though the even though the, the 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 agency wants Uber pop, you know, with hand claps, they're like, let's give them some indie rock, some guys too, just to give them some diversity. Yeah. So you're doing a demo, but your chances of getting it because you you know you're yeah. you're just yeah, it's yeah. some redirect. Sure. But um, so that was kind of how we worked, and okay. um, yeah. But again, relationships are everything. Relationships literally are the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. I mean, with, friend, people want to work with their friends, right? Yeah. So if you got friends that are on a show and they know you're a talented musician and they're like, you know, and you're kind of sexy and you're a rock star and you've been on tour and you've got some stupid credits with fantastic rock stars and you've played with right. Barbara Streisand and Babyface. I don't know right. who the fuck that is. And, you know, you Did just you call me a sexy rock star. You are kind of I'm sexy. Blushing. You are. You're good looking up there. But, you know, people want to be close to that. Man, you know, I, I think that that's a special because at the end of the day, if somebody as special as Babyface realizes your talent and has you up there next to him playing his music, which we know at the end of the day, he's a writer and his songs are very. Uh, intimate and personal and special to him if he's getting you to play that then what do you think an ad exec or some executive producer is going to think about you they're going to obviously be pretty enamored Mm. at that experience and to me that is a real amazing opportunity i'm not that guy i was never a tour guy i was just a studio dude you know my my panties just came off for you (laughs) Just so you know. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> Look, if you sucked, I wouldn't even be here. But yeah. It's, so, 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 so words of wisdom. This is the perfect segue. Jay, yeah. listen, we are fortunate, okay? And, and sometimes we all feel like we all go through these moments. Whoa, it's me. I can't get this. I can't get this. Blah, blah, blah. It's not happening for me. Words of wisdom, man. Rome wasn't built in a day. There you go. You know, you, uh, go. you just got to push and uh, balance. Balance. Balance is I love key. That. You know? That's a good one. How many hours a day do you find yourself actually working? Well, I don't know. I never really count because it's like I I might end up working and I I love going to lunch because I like to get out. And then I'll come home and I'll like do more email and then I'll be like, I'm going to watch like a half hour or an hour of a TV show. And then I get two emails and then I'm back in the studio doing more work or email. You know, but my, my, my... you know, I'm not on a show right now. If I'm on a show, I'm writing every day. If I'm on a show and I got to write cues and I'm writing every day and I'm trying to write one, two, three, if it's a cue thing, if I'm scoring a picture, you know, if I'm not writing on cues, I'm still working. Though I don't feel like I'm working because mm-hmm. it's like, 
but you know, I'm on calls, I'm messing with, you know, I'm, I'm trying to bring in talent. I'm mm -hmm. trying to build the catalog. So you're curating I'm, constantly. I'm, yes. I'm trying to bring in opportunities to bulletproof bear, trying to bring yeah. in shows, production companies to use the catalog to possibly compose, you know, you're a freaking juggler. Yeah, it's but I don't. Do. I, but yeah, but you know, I I don't think about it. But it's I an mean, eight. Yeah, yeah. This is just yeah. like you know. I mean, dude, this isn't a job. This isn't yeah. work. <laughs> I'm not digging ditches, bro. I'm Top freaking. Wood, yes. I'm loving. Are, I get to you know. So w work. You know, I feel like I just I do what I love. So it's not work. I, you you know, when it's work is when you know maybe you have a producer or somebody not happy, or you can't freaking nail what they're looking for, and it's frustrating the shit out of you because yeah. like they're like this still isn't working. You're like, what are you talking about? This is the best freaking cue I've ever done in my life. Right. Okay. It's it's a struggle. I I, I want to be. I still want to be busier. Right. You know. I want, I want. I suffer I, from the I want to be busier itis too. Well, I, I want. I want. I, you know. I want forty shows. I want Bulletproof Bear right. to be on 40, 50, 60 programs. I want to be one of the top ten music catalogs that treat its composers with respect, right. that take care of the composers, that do solid good deals, and that just has great music. I don't need to Brilliant. be the, the have the largest amount of tracks. I just want some great music. Great artists, that. so you know that's what I'm trying to do. I love that. So, Your guitar collection, how many? Uh, let's see, what do I got? I got uh, not as many as you. <laughs> you get, this is just like fucking awesome. Um, and I'm a different kind of collector. Okay. You know, we all have our we all have our quirks. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but right now I'm running about let's see, five, uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, 19, about twenty. Guitars, and then I got a lot of ukuleles. Yes. I got some interesting instruments, you know, right. some quirky yeah. thingamadoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, 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 there's a bunch on my list. As Jay mentioned, I am guilty of having a lot of guitars, but the first part of my career was really dedicated to being a session musician. So you need all the different sounds and textures. The bottom line is though, let's not get caught up in gear. There's no piece of gear that's gonna make you sound better than you already are. Focus on your craft, writing, arranging, scoring, producing, whatever it may be. Five big credits in five seconds. Well, I just finished The Toy Box on ABC, American Idol. We're working with Vice, So You Think You Can Dance, Fox Sport. Favorite cup? Military green and burnt orange. Favorite food? Pizza. What more pizza? Favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. Oh, me too. See, a new East Coaster at heart, see? Favorite whiskey? Oh, I like uh, a Whistle Pig uh, rye, mm -hmm. or uh, I'm liking, uh, oh, Pikesville rye is Pikes. great. Love We're going to go after a whiskey tasting one night. Done, All done, right. digging Good. it. Favorite pastime? Motorcycle riding. Nice. Hanging with my wife. She's actually really cool. I like her. Beautiful. That's awesome. She's <laughs> uh, a sweet woman. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's got it all. She's blind. She's yeah. blind deaf. She doesn't know. She she doesn't know who I am. <laughs> so yeah. you married up, in other words, yeah, just like yeah. I did. We're so, lucky. So I know we are, dude. It's so crazy. Some schmucks from the East Coast. So yeah, man. But That's, this is great. I appreciate it. I love you, brother. Fucking awesome. I love you too. That's a wrap for today. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the Career Musician Podcast. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man. Okay, Nomad signing off. But before I do, I just want to recap. What's our takeaway today from this awesome interview with Jason? For me, a couple things come to mind. First of all, diversity. 
Second, balance. And then thirdly, self-educate. It's important that we keep these things in mind as we go along the journey of our careers. And remember, it is a journey, not a destination. Finally, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes so we can get higher ratings and I can keep these episodes coming to you. Subscribe at the Career Musician Podcast. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.